0: Happy New Year Come on, y'all, y'all still waking up from the come on, it's a blessed New year. What a powerful time, man, huh during praise and worship, I had to hold myself back, man. I was like, I was going to get low, and you know I've always dreamed about being a choir director. I want to get low. you know I thought, man, how many of you have seen Kanye's uh, choir director? Man, that guy can has uh, that's my vision be that guy, you know. Or even Kirk Franklin, if you guys let me talk when you sing, like I'll say the phrase before you say, miracle worker, miracle worker. <laughs> well, we began a series last uh, week entitled, Blessed to Bless, blessed to bless. And uh, I, I got to tell you that uh, sometimes I have to condense my message in uh, Cutler because of time, but... Uh, I, I made it here about two minutes before the service began because I told them uh, I, in my heart, I said, I'm just going to deliver this word because that's how important this word is for the next few weeks. I'm going to be focusing on this theme of bless to bless. Uh, but the, the, the main thing I want to develop is this, that it's the, is the idea of multiplying through mentoring, multiplying through mentoring. You remember what I said last week, that when God blessed them, Adam and Eve, He said that He blessed them, and what were they called to do? To be fruitful and what? Multiply. And we're going to learn uh, within this series for the next few weeks about how we can experience multiplication here at CWC Life, both at our Cutler campus as well as here in Dinuba. And so I want to begin with a, a quote, uh, from a author that passed away last year. His name was Dr. Warren Wearsby, one of my favorite Bible teachers. In his Bible exposition commentary, he made this statement. In most churches, the congregation pays the pastor to preach, win the lost, and build up the saved. While the church members function as cheerleaders, if they are enthusiastic or spectators. The converts are one, baptized and given the right hand of fellowship. Then they join the other spectators. He continues, How much faster our churches would grow, and how much stronger and happier... Our church members would be if each one were discipling another believer. The only way a local church can be fruitful and multiply instead of growing by additions is with a systematic discipleship program. This is the responsibility of who? Every believer. And not just a small group who have been called to go. I believe that God wants to multiply what He is doing in our Cutler and Dinuba campus. But we must take on the assigned assignment for each of us that have come to faith in the Lord. If you have learned anything in your journey with Jesus, then you have the responsibility to take that and pour it into somebody that is just beginning their walk with Jesus. It is not the calling of your pastor or your pastors or the leadership team alone. It is the calling of every believer that is journeying with Jesus and has come to a place of learning lessons through Jesus that now you have have the calling to impart that understanding to those that are beginning so that they can be rooted and grounded and established in the love of God and the truth of his word that he has taught you. And thereby we will be fruitful and multiply as a church. I do not want to miss out in this decade of 20s what God has for our house, because do you understand that we are living at a pivotal prophetic moment as a church? Do you understand what 20s? means what it signifies. It is double of ten. And I believe that if in the last decade you experienced trouble, tragedy, and, and tribulation, God wants to give you double for your trouble in this 2020 decade. I believe that during this year of 2020, God wants to help you and I set the trajectory of our lives that will lead to multiplication and thus, I believe this message is pivotal, pivotal for that to happen. Now, I want us to look at an example from the Old Testament of this multiplying through mentoring. First, we're going to look at 2 Kings chapter 2 verses 9 through 14. And then we're going to go back to 1 Kings 19 verses 19 through 21. What I need to share with you historically is this. What we are about to read in 2 Kings chapter 2 verses 9 through 14 happened Ten years after what we read, what we read in First Kings 19, verses 19 through 21. So let's look at it. Second Kings 2, beginning with verse 9, down to verse 14. And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I may do for you, before I am taken away from you. Elisha said... Please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly, A chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it. And he cried out, notice, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah, that had fallen from him, and struck the water, and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way, and that, and Elisha crossed over now in 1 Kings chapter 19 beginning with verse 19 down to verse 21 we read so he departed from there and found Elisha the son of Shaphat who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him and he was with the 12th then Elijah passed by notice and threw his mantle on him and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please, let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him, and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them, and boiled their flesh, using the oxen's equipment, and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose, notice, and followed Elijah and became his servant. Now, let me give you some historical understanding regarding the significance of what just, we just read about. Elijah took his mantle, similar to the overcoat or cape, and put it on Elisha's soldiers, uh, shoulders. Notice, a symbolic way of saying, God is calling you into service. Elisha then left his farm and family and became a young protege of the prophet Elijah. Now, the footnote of the Spirit-Filled Life Bible elaborates a little more and points out that Elijah threw his mantle on him, symbolized that he was electing Elisha to receive the authority and power of his office. So, it was not an insignificant act... That Elijah did when he showed up to Elisha's farm and threw on him his mantle. Elisha understood what that mantle represented. It represented that God was now giving Elisha the opportunity to operate in the office of the prophet of Israel that up to that time, up to that period had been held by the prophet Elijah. But I want you to understand something. Elisha had no idea when this transference would actually take place. He had no idea that it would take 10 years before he would actually realize the anointing upon Elijah to be the mouthpiece of God coming upon him. And yet, I want you to get a hold of this and do not forget it, and it will be repeated throughout these next few weeks. The process toward double port- Involves decision and determination. The purpose of double portion is for demonstration. I hear people all the time that want to have the double portion anointing. They want the double portion of this person or that person. Not understanding that there are certain elements, ingredients that are necessary for us to experience God's work mightily and powerfully in our lives. And of those ingredients, the first one is the willingness to make a decisive decision. If you want the double portion of what God has called you to, then you've got to make a decisive decision. Now, Columbia researcher Sheena Lingar has found that the average person makes 70 decisions every day. That's 25,500 decisions a year. And over 70 years, that is 1 million 788,500 decisions. Think about that. We are a people that have to make decisions. And did you know, even when you say, I'm not going to make a decision, you're making a decision. Well, you're making a decision. Now, there is an illustration that I came about that speaks of the importance of being decisive. A woman in Woodbridge, Virginia, saw a rarity in her front yard. A two-headed, copperhead snake. A two-headed, copperhead snake. Now, I don't know if it happened here, but I heard it in praise and worship in Cutler. When we got, I believe, to the third song, Elias started playing the rattle thing. Now you got to understand, I knew that I was going to be talking about this illustration of a snake. When I heard that rattle thing during worship, I was like... In my head I'm like, is it here? <laughs> is it a rattler? Now, watch this. The snake only has one heart And one set of lungs. But each head has its own brain. This leads to multiple problems. Both heads want to eat. But since eating takes time, the snake is vulnerable to predators for twice as long. Further, each head wants to have its own way. That means they can't respond as quickly when under attack. Even getting water can be precarious, as one head can drag the other down when drinking. An expert at the Wildlife Center of Virginia said this, based on the anatomy, it would be better for the right head to eat But it may be a challenge since the left head appears more dominant. Experts also say that these internal conflicts prevent these rare creatures from living very long. There's a message in this illustration. Because if you will recall, James tells us in James chapter 1 verse 8... That a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Literally, it is a double or a two-souled person is unstable in all their ways. And it implies, James implies that double-mindedness reflects impurity of heart in James 4.8. And then Jesus taught, no one can serve Two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and well. And Joshua pointed out that we must choose to whom we will listen if we are to avoid spiritual peril. And Paul points out in Romans 8 that they are of the flesh. Do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit do mind the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I want you to understand, you don't get the double portion simply because you long for it. You've got to long only for it. There's got to come a time in your life where you recognize If I want what God has for me, I can't want it while wanting this at the same time. Jesus made it clear. You want to get somewhere in your spiritual journey? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus himself was single-minded. He had a single purpose. And I'm saying to you, God wants double for you for in 2020. But you got to go. Go in, not with a double mind, but with a single mind that says, I'm here to follow him wherever he directs me to go. I'm here to do whatever he tells me to do, and I'm not going to allow myself to be stuck because of having a two-soul personality. Amen? What are you saying, Pastor? Decision determines destiny. Decision determines destiny. Watch this. Procrastination and hesitation will hold you hostage from your destiny. Some of us are waiting for this before we choose that. Some are waiting for something that happened here before we venture there. But let me tell you, you may be waiting forever because... Change does not happen by chance. It happens by choice where you make up your mind. I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of hoping. God, what is it that you're calling me to do? God, what action do I need to take? And I'm telling you, when you move, God will move. i got to behave i got triggers in my head. You know, when I say move, I like to move. Just, just how I am. Now, you got to be willing to make decisions. That's the most important quality of a good leader. And I want to say, if you're in leadership of any kind, don't fall into becoming a victim to what has been called ready, aim, aim, aim syndrome. There comes a time where you've got to fire. There comes a time where you've got to make the choice. There comes a time where you've got to step in, even if Jordan's waters are at flood stage. There comes a time where you've got to march around the walls of Jericho, even though you don't understand how is it that walking around this enormous wall is going to make a difference. If God told you to do it, then you do what you are called to do, and then He'll do what only He can do. But make the decision. Make the decision. In the words of Frank Borham, we make our decisions and then our decisions make us. J.B. Campbell said, for you to be free, you will have to make a life or decisive life changing decision. That's what happened with Elisha. He made a decisive life changing decision decision. Now, I want to break this down because I want you to get it and I to get it. The etymology behind certain words can be so revealing sometimes. The word decision among them. Watch this. The Latin of the word decision literally means to cut off. To cut off. In other words, making a decision is about cutting off choices cutting you off from some other course of action. Now, that may sound a little severe and limiting, but it is not. It's liberating. It will free you. You see, having many choices is great, but at some point, if you are going to get where you want to go, and if you're going to attain what you want to attain, then you need to make decisions. Because not making a decision is debilitating. But if you view it as debilitating, it will hold you hostage. But I want you to see this. Putting my seatbelt on because I'm like... I want to ask you this question. How decisive are you to seeing your request realized? How decisive are you to seeing your request realized? elisha made the decision to boil and burn in order to move toward seeing what he was being blessed for materialize. You saw it in first kings nineteen and verse twenty one So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment. Why is that significant? Elisha was making a statement through that act. He was saying, this is what I used to be, but I'm not going to allow what I used to be to have any chain on me. I'm not going to allow what I used to be to hold me back from what God is calling me to be. I want you to understand something. God has a life of blessing for you and I. God came through Jesus Christ not to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the devil... Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. I want to bless you with the life that will enlarge, a life that will be blessed, a life that will flourish, a life that will be fruitful, a life that will multiply. But it begins with making the decision, I'm not going to let anything of my past that has been used as a means of hindering, hampering, and stopping me from my future to hold me back any longer. If it's oxen, I'm going to boil them. If it's the equipment, I'm going to burn it and make it known that is what I was, but it's not what I'm going to become because I'm moving forward. (laughs) In his book, The 17 Essential Qualities of a Team Player, John Maxwell shares the following story. In 1519, under the sponsorship of Cuba's Governor Velasquez, Hernan Cortez sailed from Cuba to the Mexican mainland with the goal of gaining riches for Spain and fame for himself. Though only 34 years old, the young Spanish captain had prepared his whole life for such a chance. But the soldiers under his command were not as dedicated as he. After he landed, there was talk that the men might mutiny and return to Cuba with his ships. What was his solution? He burned the ships. (laughs) What was he saying? We got here for a mission. And we're not turning back. We came here to fulfill a mission. And we're not going to allow... Anything to stop us from accomplishing it. I want you to understand this. The fulfillment of the mission takes making a decisive decision. Ah, what what did what did Elisha do? He said, after the mantle came on his shoulders, what did he request from Elijah? He said, Let me go back and tell my mother and father goodbye. And he did. But then he did something that verified. I am really serious about following through. He boiled the oxen, he barbecued them, and he burned the oxen equipment. Right? Because contrast that with the man that Jesus spoke about in Luke 9, verses 61 and 62. It says, and another also said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. There is nothing wrong with a loving farewell. But if it gets in the way of obedience... It becomes sin. Jesus saw that this man's heart was not wholly or completely with him, but that he would be plowing and looking back. But Elijah knew he was' going to have that problem. Why? Because Elisha burned the equipment. And he slaughtered and terminated the oxen so that there would be nothing pulling him back. Some of us today have been asking... Why am I here stuck at the beginning of 2020 as I was stuck in 2019? Because we're thinking that I don't have to do anything different beginning this year. But if you continue and I continue to have things in our lives that God is saying, I need you to boil that. I need you to burn that. Then we will remain where we were in 2019 throughout 2020. It takes a person that says what Whatever it takes I will do because I'm sick and tired of having hooks in me that are holding me prisoner holding me hostage and I want to remind you God did not call you and I to bondage he called us to freedom he did not call us to be slaves to anything but to master rule and experience a fruitful multiplying life I have another question What did Elisha follow Elijah for? What did Elisha follow Elijah for? He followed him to give, not to get. If you just go to Second Kings two and you hear him requesting for the double portion, you'll 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 think, Oh, that's why he followed him. He just was following to get, but that's not true. Because remember, from first Kings nineteen to second Kings chapter two is a period of ten years. Ten years. And what was Elisha doing during that time? We get the answer. 1 Kings 19, 21, at the end of the verse says, Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his what? His servant. And then in 2 Kings three eleven we read this. 2 Kings three eleven. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here, who poured water... On the hands of Elijah. Did you catch that? So for about 10 years, Elisha was simply carrying out the role of being Elijah's personal assistant. And all he was doing was taking care of his practical needs, ordinary needs. He was assisting him and, and seeing that those needs were met Pouring water on his hands. He was playing the role of a servant. He was serving somebody else's vision. He was serving somebody else's dream. I want you to understand. He was following Elijah. Not to get, but to give. But what you need to understand. Is Jesus makes it clear. In Luke 6.38. Give. And it shall be given back to you. Good measure. How? Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over. Oh, will men give unto your bosom for with the same measure that you meet, it will be met to you again. I want you to understand Elisha was not serving God and and serving Elijah for what he could get. He was serving for what he could give. He wanted to contribute. He wanted to be a blessing, but there's something you need to understand. It's called the law of sowing and reaping. And here's what you need to understand. You will always reap more than what you've sowed. For ten years, Elisha was faithful in serving, in giving, in assisting Elijah. And then the moment came when Elijah asked, what do you want? And Elisha by that time understands that God is the one in heaven, that when you're serving him out of the right attitude, out of the right motives, he is registering every act of your service. And the day will come when he will then open the windows of heaven and and pour out a blessing on you that you cannot contain. That's why he was bold to ask for a double portion because he understood what I sowed. I can trust that God will multiply in the way that I receive. I want you to understand this church because there are many in in the Christian community that are settling for crumbs. But we are children of the covenant. We have the right to the loaf. I want my anointing. I want it now. That's not how it works. There are people that don't understand this principle. You got to be willing to give without any strings attached. Because that's going to reveal the motive of your heart. But if you're giving... And you're helping somebody just because i want them to open the door i can't open by my own name then you're serving out of the wrong motive this man elisha served for 10 years watch this pouring water on the hands of elisha and then after Elijah is taken. The mantle comes down. And he takes the mantle. He whirls it. Twirls it. And then he strikes the Jordan. The very hands that poured water are now being used by God to divide the waters. When you serve God... In the ordinary. Get ready because it will set you up to experience God doing something extraordinary there are people that are wondering why is it that I'm not getting anywhere in the supernatural God is wanting you to understand before you can move in the supernatural you need to handle business in the natural you got to learn to serve somebody else's vision before you ask me for an anointing upon your life you got to learn to serve without any strings attached you got to make up your mind that I'm not here to to promote myself. I'm not here to elevate myself. I'm here to see that the kingdom is advanced. Who can I help? Who can I assist? Who can I be a blessing to? That's the way of the kingdom. The way up is down in the kingdom. What did Elisha follow Elisha for? He followed him to be fathered. He followed him to be fathered. Watch this. 2 Kings 2, 12. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, My father! My father! I'm going to let you in on something. One of the reasons why there are believers that stay stuck year after year and not growing from childhood stage to adolescent stage to adult stage in their spiritual journey as first john chapter 2 talks about little children young men and older men showing that in the christian walk our journey is to be a progression god wants to grow one of the reasons people stay stuck at different stages and phases is because they haven't learned the value of spiritual parenting It's throughout the scripture. There would be no Ruth without Mother Naomi. There would be no Elisha without Father Elijah. There would be no Timothy without Father Paul. Do you see it? You want to grow in 2020? Find somebody that in their journey with Christ is further than you. And ask them to mentor you. Ask them to share with you the lessons that have been pivotal pivotal in their growth in Christ. And I'm telling you, those are lessons that will propel you from where you are to where you can be. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 4, 15 and 16, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore I urge you, imitate me. And for those of us that are spiritual parents and leaders. Our job is not to just have people attending and serving us. Our job is to live a pattern of life that they can imitate. This is what I believe. This is why. I want you to understand my heart. And I know we're being live streamed. And I've got to say it. The day of professional preachers needs to come to an end. I'm sick and tired of people elevating people high and mighty and saying that is cool. That's what I want. But Listen, and those that are high and mighty, when they crash, they make the excuse, but I'm still anointed. But understand you're anointed not to build a name for yourself, but to allow His character to be fashioned and formed in you so that more of Him can be seen through your life. Because then you give people a good, solid foundation by which to build their lives. That's why I'm not into promoting this. and I'm not into that. Why? Because I understand Angel Minchak is only as effective as he is in his journey to become more and more like Jesus. That's the most powerful thing I can do. Is leave behind a pattern of life that demonstrates to people, you want to be victorious, this is how you live. On the daily you seek God on the daily you read your word not to prepare a message only but for your own devotional life on the daily you invest in others you grow them because it helps you grow as you give you enlarge your capacity to keep receiving and paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 2:11 as you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a what father does his own children. So let me wrap this up. Last week I shared with you that I concluded a week ago this past Saturday a book written by Pastor Mark Batterson entitled Double Blessing. And he writes the following concerning the relationship between Elijah and Elisha. He writes, the relationship between Elijah and Elisha prototypes what the double blessing is all about. After receiving, watch this, Elijah's mantle, Elisha flips the blessing by turning it into 28 miracles for others. Why is that significant? If you study the life of Elijah, you will find that there are 14 recorded miracles that transpired during his ministry. And Elisha asked for double portion. And when you read about his life in the book of Kings, you discover that he in his ministry had 28 miracles. Exactly double. It continues in the process. Elisha becomes Elijah's legacy. Elijah was Elisha's double portion. And Elisha, was Elijah's double blessing. He concludes by asking, whose double portion are you? And who is your double blessing? Church, the fulfillment of the mission takes making a decisive decision. For some of us that are here today, we need to decide to burn some ships. There are some ships we've got to burn; those things that have been holding us hostage from moving forward, or those things that keep giving us an out, and therefore we can't continue in fulfilling the mission. Others of us, it's time to boil what's been holding us back from fulfilling our mission. What do you mean, Pastor? Some of us need to kill in us what's been killing us. And Some of us need to decide to follow to give, not to get. Some of us need today to decide to follow in order to be fathered. Some of us need to... Say, you know what? I need to take this spiritual parenting thing seriously in my life. I've been trying to do it by myself. I've been trying to think I can do this life by myself. You and I were never called to live Christianity by ourselves. There are more than 50 other one another commands in the scripture. We were meant to do life in Christ in community. Your pastor doesn't do life by himself. I'm connected to people that help me grow in my walk. Because I understand, I I have areas in my life, my wife has said it often, we can't see our own ears, meaning we have blind spots that only others can see, and we need to invite others to help us keep growing and become aware of those things that need to be grown in our lives. So I want to challenge you today. Take action. Now, how many of you are connected to CWC Facebook page? How many of you are? Okay, if you're not, I want to invite you to join our Facebook page. I want to invite you to join our Facebook page because throughout this year, after Sunday services, in the week, I'm going to address something that I dealt with in the week, in the message, and elaborate more on it. For instance, this week, I'm going to be elaborating on scriptures that tell us about the importance of killing in us what's been killing us. And so I'm going to make sure that you get practical training and scriptures that will help you grow further and develop what we're talking about in these series. Because I want you and I to truly be disciples, learning, and we learn through being taught the truth and then making a decisive decision. I'm going to apply apply the truth that God is speaking to my heart. Amen. Father, I thank you that there is double portion in you. I thank you for double portion, Father. I thank you for double portion anointing right now. I thank you that your Holy Spirit is here right now. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. I thank you. Just like in Cutler, I know that as I've been speaking this message, there are some of you that the Holy Spirit has brought to mind things that you need to boil. Things that you need to get rid of. Things that you need to burn. There's some ships in your life that need to be burned because they've been holding you back by giving you an out. And you keep falling out because of those outs. It's time to burn them. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. Because I'm tired of being held hostage. Held back from seeing the longing of my Heavenly Father to bless my life and multiply from being fulfilled. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of that. I want God's blessing that He has for me. I want this year to set the trajectory for the next decade of my life. I realize that it's not just about this year, 2020. It's a new decade that God wants to set the trajectory of this decade toward forward motion, advancement in my life. And it begins with making a decisive decision. I'm going to ask my, our prayer team to make their way up here and stand up here because I know, I know that today, today, God has spoken, just like when I was leaving Cutler, people were saying Pastor, I needed that that was for me, thank you for that word and it wasn't just adults, it was young people that recognized God was speaking to them directly and they the light turned on, that's how I'm going to move forward, that's how I'm going to multiply, that's how my life is going to experience God's blessing and increase I've got to make the decision to love Him With all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. I've got to have a single mind. I've got to be like Elisha was. I've got to make a decisive decision. There's some things I need to cut off from my life that have been hooks that have held me back. But I'm ready because I want God's blessing I want my life to experience what He's been having in His heart to fulfill in it. That's you. I want you to make your way forward right now. I want what God wants for my life. I want what God has planned for me. I want His purpose. I want His promise. I want His power to be able to work in me, be realized in me, be fulfilled in my life. I want it come. This is your moment. there's some of you that are recognizing, I need, I need to decide today to get connected. I need to decide today to get connected with someone who's on their journey in the place where I need to be in my journey. I need to decide today. I want God to work in me like He longs to. He wants to give me double portion. He wants me to experience double portion. Yeah. Come, come, come. There's some of you, you know, today is your day to choose life. Choose life. Choose life. The life that God offers. Life more abundantly. Come, come, come. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it, Lord. I want it. I want it. I'm not settling. I'm not settling. I'm not going to stay stuck. I'm moving forward. I want it, God. I want it. I want it, God. I want it, God. I want it. I want it, God. Nothing, 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 nothing's going to hold me back. Yes, Lord. Oh, Jesus. 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 Jesus jesus i want it i want it jesus i want it jesus i want it lord i want what you want from my life. lord i don't want to be held back anymore here i am i'm coming i'm coming i'm coming lord i want it i'm asking boldly because you are a rewarder of those that diligently seek you i'm coming to seek you lord